0: 10,
1: 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio.
2: Good afternoon, the time is 101 on Sunday the 20th of March and you're tuned in to the Sunday lunch show with me, Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. In today's show I believe is Pastoral CPD Clinic number eight and today it's all about behaviour systems. From warnings to sanctions to detentions to lesser removals to external exclusions what is actually effective at tackling low-to-mid-level disruption
1: in our schools. Live from London, this is The Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio.
2: Good afternoon, good afternoon. As I said in the intro, it is Sunday the 20th of March and I'm back with a pastoral CPD clinic. It has been a minute since I've been on these airwaves. I've missed a number of weeks for different reasons, but I'm back. Um, And I've got a guest, which is even better. That's exciting. Having a guest in a little while for different reasons again. But I've I've got a lineup of guests over the next few weeks, if all goes to plan. It's just been a while. It's just been a while since I've been on t- t- Radio with another pastoral CPD clinic. Um, if you do want to find out about about other pastoral CPD clinics and everything else, all you have to do is use the hashtag, hashtag <laughs> pastoral CPD on Twitter. Um, I've pretty much monopolized that hashtag at the moment so yeah if you just search hashtag pastoral cpd you'll find all the content and all the shows that i've done up to now i believe this is the eighth one that i've called the pastoral cpd clinic and today as i said in the intro it's all going to be about behavior systems um from from the lowest level kind of warnings or whatever you want to call them up to the tensions how they operate then looking at maybe lesser removers and so on and so forth just to see what works because there's so we know there's an abundance of schools likely doing a whole bunch of different things across the nation um surely there are some kind of wonderful nuggets of effective behavior systems out there that we can kind of learn from Uh, my school's got quite a unique one that i'll talk about slightly later on and my guests who i know is in the studio already don't call in just yet jake i can see you there don't call in just yet just gonna wait for the room to fill up a little bit um but yeah, so my, I'm going to talk to my guest about it. I'll see what goes on his school. Then hopefully we can get people interacting on, in the chat later on who can share what they, what their school does and whether it's effective or not. And I'm, when I talk about effects, I'm talking about the low to mid-level disruption. I'm not talking about the high-level stuff because they get um, they get picked up very easily. It's more about that low-level Low to mid level stuff in the lesson. You know those kids who just kind of chat all the time, or they want to just talk across the classroom, or they want to talk when the teacher's talking. That's what I consider to be low to mid level disruption. So we'll be talking about best ways to tackle that from a whole school um, system basis, if that makes any sense. Welcome, Ms. Kato STEM. I see you. Um, But yeah, so as always, I like to just kind of recap what's been going on. I've not been, I feel like I feel very rusty, not been in for a while. What has what And I like to always scroll through my Twitter, see what's been going on, what I've been talking about over the last X amount of weeks that I've not been on the show. Um, and I, I got—I I can't be a DSL and not mention. And I don't—I feel like it's always been spoken about on many shows up to now. But I can't be a DSL in the school and not talk about, well, not at least talk about that—the child Q um, case, more than case, the report and the, the fallout from all of that. I'm not going to act like I know every single intricate detail. I'm not a reliable source. I'm not trying to be factual. I know most, well, I've read the report myself, so I know most of what happened and everything else. And it struck a mat. it was so triggering for me, um, for many reasons. Um, There are a couple of reasons, of course, you've got in my actual role, it was just very relevant to me in my role as a DSL in school. It is something that's not, it's something that I feel like I've dealt with in my school, but it was just dealt with in a very, very different way when it cropped up um and it's just crazy it's crazy like there are so many i'm not going to cast any kind of i don't i wasn't there i'm not going to cast judgment on the school but they they well i say that and i was about to say they failed the child and they did they did fail the child um they completely failed in their in their safeguarding duties um and yeah it's mad at uh, what was it smelling of cannabis so then you need to be strip searched crazy absolutely crazy I, uh, the more I I don't actually want to talk about it. Because if I talk about it, I'm going to just get riled up or just get very passionate about it. And then it just, the show will go off on a tangent. But there's so many threads that have been created by, um, I think some other safeguarding leads, pastoral people, other people on Twitter who have done a kind of things we can learn from it. I predict it's going to feature in maybe next year's safeguarding training. I feel like it's, it should, because again, it's very relevant and very well. It's very contemporary in terms of how recently it happened, 2020, I believe, and I think all schools need to be aware of the failures that occurred in that in this case and what to do to avoid them. I feel like everyone feels that like they know what to do to avoid them, but clearly, when we say it could happen here, well, there's part, there's an example of it because I imagine the the teachers that did their training would never have thought something like that could happen at their school, and it did. Yeah, and we just my everyone's kind of, I know everyone's kind of hearts go out to. To the child and their family, and their loved ones. Um, although it happened two years ago, I imagine it's you've got everlasting trauma caused by those kind of events. Crazy. Welcome, people in the room. I see Dan. Welcome. I know you. I say I know you. A regular. Nice to see you. Um, and then we've got Hint. Wow. We've got. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Do you know what's funny? I'm gonna talk about what's happened there. So you might've heard it. My microphone is very sensitive. If you didn't hear it, then you're gonna have no idea what I'm talking about. But we've got the squeakiest room, bedroom door, squeakiest. Like, do you know those doors? Is how it sounds at the moment. We need some WD-40. From what I gather, I spoke to my dad and I was like, dad, how'd you solve this? And he said, yeah, WD-40 on the hinge and that should loosen it up. I've been meaning to buy a WD-40 for the last few weeks because the door is loud. So what just happened there is my partner came into the room and you might have heard the door creak. And it's just... <laughs> So that's funny. I think she tried to sneak in and it just didn't work. Didn't work. Carly, welcome. And that's all I see A Mustafa, welcome. We're gonna get into the main part of the show in about a couple minutes. Um, if you've just joined, this will eventually be a show about behavior systems. So when I talk about behavior systems, I'm talking about, it could be whole school. Some schools, I feel like most, I just assume most schools have whole school behavior systems. But one of the schools still out there that do that that where it's very teacher centered where it's a teacher giving out attention for the teacher maybe it's departmental i don't know i if you are in the room and if you work in a school um if the, the best thing when we get the show on the road for you to type in how your behavior system works so the moment a child enters a school and let's we're talking about the negatives sorry but then how does it escalate from i don't know let's say warnings up to detentions at lunchtime up to maybe detentions after school to to lesson removals to what how does it work in that negative kind of sanction sense because as i was saying as i believe there are probably schools out there that are doing some innovative things my school i'm going to talk about we haven't we have an approach to behavior systems that i've never seen before and i would recommend it so i'm going to talk about my systems i've got jake that's going to be coming on in a couple of minutes to talk about what his school are doing We'll be talking about the that kind of centralized detentions. I wonder if there's schools still out there that are doing breakdown detentions with the teacher or after school detentions with the teacher. And let me know how that's working, because surely, like I know all I know that everything doesn't I know that everything doesn't work everywhere, but surely some there are some schools out there that have found a way to really, really tackle low to mid-level disruption in a sustainable, manageable way, to a point where we support learning, but also we support teachers as well. Yeah, that's the plan anyway, that's the idea. So we're gonna run the intro one more time and then Jake's gonna come on. Um, So Jake, give me about two minutes and then you can call
1: in my friend. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio.
2: It is now 1.10 on Sunday, the 20th of March and you're still tuned in to the Sunday Lunch Show with me, Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. In today's session, we're gonna be talking about behavior systems, whole school behavior systems, maybe it's kind of narrowed down to teacher behavior systems. We're talking about warnings, sanctions, detentions, lesser removals, internal exclusion. What is effective at tackling low to mid-level disruption? Hope it's gonna be a good show. Live from
1: London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio. Wonderful. TSCW,
2: welcome. A nice, lovely, regular. Um, Jake, when you're ready, just hit that grey phone icon in the bottom corner and I can bring you into the studio and let's get this show on the road. Let, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. We've not done a show about the negatives, but it's worth talking about sometimes. Hi, TSCW, waving the chat. Love that. Let's see if Jake can hear me. Jake is a speaker, it's saying, connected. Oh, there we go. Jake, can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Wow, crystal clear, Jake. What H mic you've got going on? It's it's just some uh, wireless headphones, actually. No, no, mate, this is probably the clearest for all the guests I've had in a while. This is probably the clearest. You came, you came louder than me in my own ears. It was very refreshing.
0: <laughs> I did hear the squeaky
2: door as well. I heard that in the background. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw if you saw my partner's face she oh, i wish i could i wish i could have captured it It was so funny came in squeaky door. it was it was like that if it was that face like oops and then she just snuck yeah in. yeah um yeah very it's the loudest have you got if you had a squeaky door in your house before do you know the ones you can't i haven't uh, i haven't actually no they're not too squeaky at the minute no now, mate, it, we put it this way, no one could ever burgle our our house. I don't think they could they <laughs> come. In. It wouldn't work. It literally would not work. They'd be we we would hear them from a mile off. Ah, uh, right, Jake, Jake, thank you for joining. Um, thank you for coming no on. No problem. Could you give the the listeners a little intro just about kind of. Um, what your role is in school how you're connected to education you don't have to name your school or anything like that but just what your role is in school how you've maybe how long you've been teaching what role you're currently doing just a little intro so people know um, your background
3: yeah of course yeah so I'm a relatively new teacher so I'm a teacher of MFL and history so I teach German as my main language and I recently took on the role as head of year eight at my school previous to doing my teacher training I was head of year seven And I did some work with anti-bullying and diversity and things like that. So um, I kind of discovered my passion for pastoral quite early on. And that's been I can now develop that a bit more in my role as head of year eight. So really interested in um, behavior, uh, restorative approaches to behavior and also a big interest in transition from um, Ketose 2 to Ketose 3 as well.
2: Oh, excellent. So you said hold on, you said you were head of year 7 before you did your teach training. So that was like a non was that a non-teaching head of year or then.
3: Exactly, yeah. It was non-teaching. So the model we currently have at our school is still that uh, we have non-teaching heads of year, but they're trialing new methods. They're kind of pulling in teaching assistant heads of year to work with non-teaching heads of year. So I think they're just trying to kind of try some strategies with some different different ways of having um, kind of different heads of year with either teaching background or non teaching background but it seems
2: to work quite well at the moment. So there's a mix so you're saying in your school some heads of year are teaching some are not teaching? I'm the only teaching head of year at the moment Um,
3: they're kind of trying on with different things like I say so they've got some um, teaching assistant heads of year and then the rest of the heads of year are non-teaching at the minute.
2: Okay, I've I've for a number of these for number these clinics. I always speak about this. I always speak about whether the pros and the cons of teaching versus non-teaching heads of year. How when you look across at, at the other heads of year at the moment, or yeah, what? How do you, do you feel like you're in a more like not, maybe not privileged, but you feel like you're in a kind of a better position as a head of year, being a teacher at the same time, or do you feel like it's? Um, are you in a well, maybe not worse, but you feel like you're being hindered slightly? I don't know. What's your? I mean, when you, look, when you do a comparison. Yeah I mean I think the time
3: aspect of it is obviously difficult because I've still got a teaching timetable um, so that that obviously plays into it a lot and the non-teaching heads of the year obviously commit their all their time to the role uh, but I think we've got quite a good support network there I've, I've got an assistant head of year working with me so that helps a lot uh, but I do think it's it's good to have um, in that team kind of a teacher's opinion and a teacher's voice because I think sometimes from a non-teaching perspective, it can be very different to what a teacher would think about a situation. So having that blend is really nice and it works well together.
2: No, definitely. I agree with that. I've I had the conversation with um, a number of my, my principal recently and also with colleagues and on this show, I've spoken about it um, that you can't, you, and I'm not going to dwell too much. Cause we've, I've spoken about it at length before, but that you can sometimes, sometimes there's a, the perspective of a, like you said, a, someone who is in the classroom, when you come across an incident, you know, you know, some because you've taught kids before, and you know you've always got thirteen and whatever else. That you can, you can, you can usually predict what's happening before or after mm. because you, because you've had the experience of being and you've dealt with it. Maybe you've heard the kids' side of it, but then you know from being a teacher that as much as the kids' side is, there is a lot of truth in it. There's always something that's often been missed as well. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they said, oh, sir sir only sent me out because because i did xyz or oh, sir. <laughs> yeah. and then and then when you when you speak to the teacher the teacher's like oh my like, hold on no 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 this happened this happened this happened this happened and then the final thing that they did was this and that's yeah. why they're now out of the room but from the kid but then that's the thing i think because we have that experience of being in the classroom um that helps us better handle that situation than someone who's never been in the class i'm not saying they're ineffective but it does help to have a more of a a more of a rounded understanding how much if you don't mind me asking how many hours do you teach in the day or how many lessons do you have roughly each day that you uh, actually uh,
3: teach? It, it, yeah it varies day to day so over the week i've got 17 hours okay yeah so, Sorry, I, I mean, yeah. on t- Tuesdays, it's not too bad. So Tuesdays, I have only two hours. But then on a Friday, I teach more or less all day. So Friday is quite difficult. And, you know, working in school Friday, everything happens in the afternoon as a DSL. All the safeguarding stuff starts to come out on a Friday afternoon. So, you know, that they can get busy. So that can be a challenge. But
2: like I said, having an assistant head of year it does really help that process. No, definitely. I was talking to a colleague of mine actually recently because we have all, all of our heads of year are teaching. Um mm-hmm. Well, we've, we're in we're in new school. I'll talk about my school in a bit, but we're we're all teaching. But he was saying things like, because um, his timetable isn't very, uh, it's not very conducive to his role sometimes. Because he teaches, he teaches on like a Monday morning and also teaches on a Friday afternoon, for example, which then means. Yeah. Like over the weekend, he's not a rap. Like when you know what happens, a spillover from the weekend, the social media, the WhatsApps, the Snapchats, the TikTok, mm-hmm. all that nonsense comes to your door Monday morning, and then you're teaching for the first two, three lessons, and then you try to do catch up on the for later on in the day. And the same thing Friday, everything pops off Friday afternoon, and then you've got to go teach. Mm-hmm. So he said he's like he want. I think he's requesting or asking for whether they can have a bit, whether the timetable can be changed slightly, so that if you are a teaching end of the year, then your 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 in inverted commas f- more free time so non-teaching time happens in key points so in the mornings or late so you teach in the middle but you're available in the morning and you're available in the afternoon because we know that's yeah. when most most things need to be dealt with first thing or later on usually there's like a middle bit where you kind of can get by um but end of Absolutely, the day yeah yeah how have you found have you found the head of year stuff because you said you been I- relatively new yeah, I
3: love it. I mean, it's it's really what I love to do. Um, and I, I feel like I've got the time to do it. It's just you always feel like in this role when things come, at, come out all the time, especially on a Friday, you always see these things come up. You just want to deal with everything there and then. But I think it's giving yourself a bit of a reality check knowing that you can't complete everything in the, in the hours in the day. So it does spill over, like you say. But um, yeah, I absolutely love the role.
2: Yeah, you can never, never, you can never do it all. Never do it all, and if if even if you try, even if you try to do it all and took it all home, you would still have stuff to do. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) it's never-ending. So so because and as as, when you talk about all this, everyone talks about there's so much talking to about this work-life balance stuff, and everyone's talking about it. And for me, I've always, I've always been like, I've always known that I can't do everything. And I'm like, well, if I'm gonna, if I were to be the person who works hard at home and still not get everything done, then might as well make sure I enjoy my time at home rather than trying to. Um, work myself to the bone and still have more to do um people that are in the people in the chat welcome so i'm joined by jake we're going to be talking about behavior systems um if you do work in a school it'll be great if you can type in the chat what your school's behavior systems are like so that can mean what happens in the lessons or outside the class and with regards to maybe warnings or sanctions or detentions how does it work what's the escalation system are there lesson removals and if there are when do they occur because I imagine there's so many different schools out there doing different things. It'd be great to hear um, what other schools do because maybe we can kind of cherry pick and we don't, we can't just like always just translate it straight to our school. We can at least be influenced. Um, influenced. Jake, are you still there? No, he's gone. One second. I think Jake disconnected. No, yeah, sorry. Be. It kicked me out. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, what we're going to do. I'm going to, Jake, what I want to mm-hmm. ask is, so your school, describe... What are the, what's the system at the moment from, so if a kid's going to have, if a kid were, to, if you've got like a kid who's kind of like a low mid-level disruptor, we're going to call them, what's mm-hmm. the kind of, what process or what, what do they experience in terms of the negatives um, with their sanctions and warnings and detentions? What's the escalation like? Yeah, so we've kind of
3: recently rebranded our slightly and we've got quite a nice clear system now, I think. So we've got, it's called choice, move, remove. So that's kind of the three stages a teacher would follow in a classroom for that low level behaviour, but also some higher level behaviour as well. So the initial choice is that conversation with the student to say, look, you've made the wrong choice. This is what you need to do to improve that decision. This is what you can do to improve your choices. But if you don't improve this or you make poor choices going forward, this is what will happen. And that next step is move. So that will be potentially a movement in the seating plan. So they may be moved from the back to the front or wherever to to make that that easier. But they've had that choice. and then it moves to that move. So if they are moved in the seating plan, that then becomes an hour detention after school. We call it a reflection. And that's an hour reflection after school where they complete a reflection sheet reflect on their choices that they've made, and then back into school the next day. Um, And then if they're removed, so that's obviously got to a point where the behaviour is completely distracting the learning of the class, Um, either on-call will be called, or they'll be sent to a department removal room. And if they're removed from the classroom, that's then a senior leadership team detention for two hours
2: after school. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Oh, my. I've, do you know what? It's been a while since I've heard of a two. I worked in a school that had a two-hour on a. They'd like two hours on a Friday, which is like the worst yeah. they could get in terms of attention. But you have two hours daily. So what time? Hold on. What times your school? They normally finish three something. Three o'clock. Yeah. Three o'clock. So then yeah. they can say okay, so they can sell to five. So, so to let five. me just. Yeah. Yeah. So let me get let me get this right because whenever I hear about this, I always I'm gonna play Devil's Advocate here, just try and work out everything. Of course. So, so if the kid yet so do you know what first thing on them i like the fact that you've implemented there's a there's a step in the middle where you're telling teachers move the child move move the child um because i feel like whenever i've observed um issues in the past or i've had to be on called for things in the past when it's been a child who's been messing about with someone next to them or whatever else Mm -hmm. and then the teachers sent them out because that's what they do in our school, which is fine. That doesn't mean they're being removed. It means we're gonna get on call and someone's gonna come and speak to them. But then I go back, I look at the classroom, and I see there's spare seats. And in my brain, maybe because of, obviously I'm more experienced, in my brain I'm like, have you? I'm just asked. Have you tried moving the child away from, mm-hmm. away from <laughs> the, the other, like the person? And not always. It's not the first step for a lot of teachers because it's, it, again, it's one of those things you you learn from teaching that you can just make a slight tweak and just move the child sit everyone when you've if you've got two disruptive kids for example if you can sit them vertically with like that's sometimes the best so they've got like the mass they can't turn around 180 to look all the way behind for example so so it's stuff like that so i I like the fact that you've got this move in between my question becomes do you have spare seats in all classrooms or is it a case (laughs) of swapping people it, it, yeah i mean that's that's where it becomes difficult because there would be a few cases <laughs> where there perhaps
3: isn't that space so it might be that you're you're moving people around and actually it, it you maybe have that conversation outside the room and that move instead of a physical move in the classroom is that you choose to move them outside give them five minutes in a calm down kind of situation a timeout situation go out and have a conversation with them outside and then bring them in for that to for that final choice and that's almost i think where Although it's important to be consistent, I think there's also an importance to differentiate the behaviour management that you that you kind of have. So if if that move is actually in the way you take them outside and have that conversation, that's also important to kind of maintain the relationship, but also to identify is there anything else going on that we need to know about before we start going down the sanction route.
2: Mm. So the move, so the move doesn't actually have to be a change of seat, but it'll be, it could be talking to them outside as a middle step. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. So then. So then that would happen. Then you, they'll go back in knowing what they have to do in order to improve and get things right. And then if if they still don't, then you say on call comes and they get removed from the lesson. Is that just is that just for the remainder of that lesson?
3: Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, I mean, it, obviously if it's super high level, then they'll go into um, kind of an isolation room for the rest of the day. But uh, normally it would just be the remainder of that lesson and they'd have an automatic SLT detention that evening.
2: Right. And then my question becomes... So, if they're out, if they get removed from period one and they've got their, they're out, their detention after school on that day already, what happens if they go back into period two and three and do the same thing again? Would the teachers know?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've got, uh, we call our pastoral area, the school called the learning zone. We've got a a good team down there. When on call's called, it's normally one of the heads of year or a member of SLT that will go up and pick that student up. So, I think it's, the important part there is that that is picked up and a conversation is had with the head of year um, and then teachers are then informed if they're having a bad day or if there's something going on in the background. The teacher then informed that there is something going on and, and there's a bit more background to the choices they're making. But I think that that contact part in the middle is also really important. So not just picking the child up, taking them to the removal room and leaving it, that's, that's going to solve nothing. But actually uh-huh. following up with a restorative conversation and sometimes... On the same day, if there's been a big an incident in the lesson where a student's been removed, we'll try and facilitate a restorative conversation with the teacher, student and head of year on the day to make sure that the relationship is maintained basically in the next day and future lessons go smoothly.
2: Yeah, no, that's important. that is very important. So is it pos- so it's not possible for a child to be set to det like when I say to detention, there's not like a carryover. so if, if they if they get removed from period one. And then they go back and They go back into lesson period two, let's say. And mm-hmm. then that that period two teacher has to remove them as well. They don't now. Do they get set two detentions one day after another, or is it going to stick as...
3: Yeah, I mean in in that in that kind of situation, um, I, I'd imagine we'd we'd put the student in ice in that situation because we know that yeah. there's that it's going to be it's not it's not the really best for them to be in circulation on that day, um, and and we'd want to kind of solve that and not give them that constant cycle of two hours two hours two hours and being removed yeah, from the lesson because yeah. that's going to be have a negative impact on the child and the staff that teach them
2: as well uh, no definitely because the reason i ask is because the previous school i used to work in i remember this was it always used to tickle me because what they did they hadn't they don't they had like a detention booking system um mm. to the point where so any teacher could set at whatever time for i think they did like it was within one lesson you would have like three strikes or whatever many strikes it was and if they got to the point of having a detention it would have to. It would normally be on that day, but if they already had a detention that day, then the teacher had to then essentially book. <laughs> had to book in. They had to book in the detention, and the kid would be like, "Oh, I've already got one today from from teacher from I don't know from the teacher yesterday." But I already had one yesterday, so that's why I got one today. Then you're, yeah. you're there like, okay, so now you've got detention with me. And then you go on the system and you go, right, setting in a detention for this day. And the system goes, oh, no, can't do it. They've already got one. Then you go forward a day and you're like, oh, okay, let me try to set it for two days' time. Nope, already got one. You ended up having kids who had detentions essentially in their, like daily detentions accrued over about two weeks in advance. So you mm. essentially, like, it was the essentially, it was the most ridiculous thing. You essentially had kids who we're going to sit at attention in 2 weeks time for whatever happened in today's lesson with no like it was absolute nonsense yeah. that is um, that is crazy that's, isn't that's, it yeah, that's, it. So that's what i was asking yeah, we do have, I mean, our system, we use Behaviour Watch
3: as our behaviour system and, and that, it kind of does work like that. But we would, i would never, I've never seen a case where detentions have been booked in kind of that <laughs> far in advance ever. I mean, it's like booking a table at a restaurant. That's crazy, Literally. isn't it? And like yeah. the, the, the impact on the student there is going to be, is going to be crazy. But it, we were having a conversation at school the other day about those students that we do find kind of consistently in these detentions. And I think that's really where you need to look at that group of students that uh, are those repeat offenders and work out what is the solution for those students. Because the system we have that one, is not a one size fits all. You need to really work out what you can differentiate about that system to mm. work for those students that isn't at the minute.
2: Yeah, you don't want that. That's when you get into that cycle where you get completely desensitized to being removed and then all that happens mm-hmm. is they miss loads of, they miss loads of learning and then they come back in they've got no idea what's going on and then it just fuels yeah. the cycle of more move on removal we have some people entering the studio welcome you're in this is a sunday lunch show on digital radio with me khalil rouse i'm currently joined by jake and we're talking about behavior systems in schools so if you do work in a school please type in the chat what your behavior systems are like jake has just talked about his which is choice or oh, choose move remove which is a kind of three-tier system um, where the, stu- the student, Do you know on the choose section, what happens? Mm-hmm. What, what so- does that look like?
3: So the choice, yeah, that is that's that is essentially the restorative conversation that you have with a student. So it'd be um, just say you're in a class and you've got a student, there's lots of low-level disruption. You need to go over to that student and have a one-to-one conversation. I mean, if, if as part of that choice conversation, you wanted to ask them to step outside to have that conversation, if you knew, for example, it could become quite hostile if you have that conversation in front of the rest of the class that would be fine right. but it's really kind of about explaining the behavior to the student that, that you're seeing from them and explaining that this is their chance they've made the, that choice initially if they choose to continue with that behavior and if they make that negative choice going forward it will then escalate to the next steps so okay. that, that's really that
2: first level restorative um, kind of conversation with the, with the child and do the when you so I'm assuming the teachers have to be very specific about this is now the choose, like this is the choose stage or something? Do they have to communicate that to the child? Or I think, I think that?
3: that's what, what teachers are starting to do. And I think we're seeing that when it is communicated um, consistently by staff, students are a lot more aware of where they're at and what is next. They know that if they continue to make that choice, they're going to have a reflection. I think that's becoming a lot clearer. So I think the more um, kind of explicit teachers can be in that process, the better it is. No, definitely,
2: definitely. It's better to narrate. It's much better to narrate what's going to happen rather than it being a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with it, with all because otherwise you just get you get hit with a kind of what what I don't know what you didn't even tell me I was on a and you're like, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're getting removed and they didn't even know they were at that stage. Um, okay, cool. So then, okay, that makes sense. So then, no, there are no lunchtime sanctions at all. There are. Um, I mean, so that's the kind of the central system. But if um, if
3: members of staff want to set their own. Sanction, so they may be at the move stage, and they may they want to um, kind of just have that conversation with the student at a lunchtime. They can set that, and I mean things like homework and things like that may be set as a lunchtime detention rather than as a whole school centralized detention. So teachers have the, still have the possibility to set a lunchtime detention. And that will be with the teacher themselves. With the teacher, yeah. So that that would ah, then be okay. down to the teacher. So we the only the only centralized detention we have at lunchtime is based on the thread that I put on a couple of weeks ago about our late process. So that's yeah. now a, a centralized detention that we have on a Friday lunchtime.
2: I see. And um, is that this? Is this what you? Uh, is this what kind of inspired the the tweet about centralized attentions? Because it what's it like what's what's the situation to teachers? Are teachers happy with? having the autonomy to set their own detention still, because I know there was a lot of pushback in my previous schools around um, teachers setting their own detentions. Because then again, you have, like I was saying before, you can have a teacher who wants to talk to a kid at lunchtime and then their period three teacher wants to talk to them at lunchtime as well. Mm. Like, yeah, we, I mean, the, that,
3: that's where it becomes really difficult, isn't it? And I think... Um, <laughs> You could argue that you need to pick one or the other. You need to either be central, centralized, or teachers set it and and deal with it. But I think um, I think it's good that teachers have the option to do it. But I, I understand that there, there could be complications where students end up again in that constant cycle of lunchtime detention, as well as part of the centralized system. So they're almost trapped within
2: two systems. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I've never, I've not heard of a hybrid before. You've got like a kind of a hybrid model, which is interesting. Um, I do wonder about the kind of multiple teachers throughout the day trying to speak to the same kid at lunch for like little things because I remember again my previous school we had a situation where you would want, I'd want to see the kid at lunchtime and the kid would be late to come in to see me because they'd been held, mm. back, by the, they, they were held back by the previous teacher at lunchtime as well then I'm there waiting waste, wasting my time waiting for the child then they arrive I end up thinking they're just late they said no I'm with, I was with madam I was with miss I was with sir then this is all just it can become quite muddled sometimes so I don't know for yeah. me personally I feel like you my school's all centralized i want to talk about my school in a second everything's central we don't have, teachers have no um there's no real autonomy over at detentions if you set something it happens everyone would have go to the same place for the detention whether it's lunchtime or after school and mm. um that's what's like let me know in the chat if you work in a school is everything central for you or do you have a hybrid system like in Jake's school or are you completely central or whatever the whatever the option what's the what's the opposite of central um, de- Decentralised? Decentralised, yeah, let's go with that like, Mate, we'll just, we'll go with it, we'll run with it It can be yours... wrong <laughs> are, your, are your detention centralised or these de- Oh, interesting, right TSCW's got a hybrid, TSCW I'm waiting for you to call in one day by the way, just for the record TSCW's been probably one of the most, most um, loyal listeners to Uptalk, Teachers Talk Radio at large, but also one of my shows, so I'm flattered but she's yet to <laughs> call in um, But yeah, if you can explain TSCW is it very similar to Jake's then? Do you have the central detentions, but then also teachers can set their own what lunchtime department? I don't know. I just I never used to like the idea of setting a detention where I had to be there. Like I just didn't. I never like. (laughs) It used to. it It genuinely used to be a deterrent for me. Thinking, you know what? If I set this kid a detention for lunchtime, I'm going to have to be in detention with the child, and yeah, that being really candid, that that used to play on my own mind as. Let me try and do everything I can to make sure we don't get to that stage. Because if I have to bring this kid back, I've got to sit with them, and I don't want to do that. Um, that was and also if, and it
3: and also if it's that same same kid every single week in the same <laughs> time detention with the same teacher,
2: that's that's just going to yeah. damage the relationship every time, isn't it? And yeah. yeah, interesting. So yeah, TSCW. Let me know in the chat what yours is like. Um, I'm going to talk. Oh, here we go. Teachers set. So TSCW said teachers set whenever they're free to do so. <laughs> Whole school for triggers such as two lates in a week. Okay. Whole school for triggers such as two lates in a week. So are there daily centralized detentions or are all after school detentions with a single teacher in their, I don't know, their room or something. I don't know where it even takes place. I can't remember what my school was even like. It was in rooms or offices <laughs> or whatever else. Um, okay, cool. So then this is what my school's very, very well. I'd, yeah, my school's got a system that is very... I'd call it, well, it's not unique, but it's very different to anything that I would experienced previously. I'm gonna try and explain it in the most simple way possible and it's not that easy. So, <laughs> it's, no, it's not. So you're gonna have to, you can ask all the questions you like about this one. So let me try and, let me try and explain it. So all students have planners um, and in their planners, there's like a, a, a grid or a table where they fill in things that we call checks. And checks are the word checks are the, the, the word we give to negative like a, a negative mark against them essentially. Um, so you can get a check for four different reasons. You can get a check for a lack of self discipline, you can get a check for um, homework missing um you can get a check jake what i'm going to do because like you're writing furiously behind So I'm gonna, do I'm gonna... <laughs> and i can hear it i think people are probably in the chat oh, oh. You... no 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 like i think your microphone's very sensitive so you so i'm going to do um if if you're just writing then i can can you do you... have you got the mute button because i can mute you but it's let me see frequent. there should be like a
3: is it the microphone button or just press yeah.
2: Yeah, the on okay. Press that. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. It's working. I've got okay. it. Cool, cool. So what we we'll do? What we we'll do? I'll talk about my system, and then you can write furiously without us hearing the. Without we've, we've got the squeaky door, and we've got the scratchy, the scratchy writing as well. Great. We go back. So we've got. <laughs> indeed. Um. Thank you for Dan and T S C W talking about it. I'm going to come to your comments in a second. So, Arsenal, they've got checks. You can get checked for one of four reasons. You can get checked for what we call a lack of self discipline. So that that's anything from essentially just not following a teacher's instruction. No matter what the instruction is, if you didn't follow it after, well, didn't follow it, um, maybe after the second time I've asked or whatever else, then you can get a check for that. You can get a check for um, not being organised. So that could be turning up to school without your planner or your equipment or anything like that. You can get a check for punctuality, so that's being late to school, and you can get a check for homework. So either your homework is incomplete or it's not been handed in. Now, checks stay with the child throughout the day so the first check of the day no matter this is all we're talking about low mid-level stuff the first check of the day doesn't come with a consequence it's like a warning check so let's say a child i don't know arrive late to school they get a punctuality check that's their warning check no consequence it could be that they turn they they arrive on time fine but then maybe in their first lesson the teacher already told them to face the front and stop turning around. And let's say the kid turned around and spoke again at the wrong time and the teacher was talking. That would then likely be a check for self-discipline. If it's the first one of the day, it never comes with a consequence. This is all low, mid-level stuff, i just to emphasize. We're not talking about the higher level stuff, the low, mid-level stuff. So what happens next is the second check of the day does come with a consequence, no matter what it was for. So if you, your second check of the day would result in a half lunch detention, we call them catch ups. I mean, for argument's sake, let me just call them detention for now. We call them catch ups. Um, so the second check of the day would be a half lunch detention. If you got another check before lunchtime, then that would end up being a full lunch detention. Okay. I know people are probably thinking, hold on. What if you get your second check after lunch? So if you get a second check after lunch, that would put you in a half an hour after school. And if you get your third check. No, sorry, if you get another check after lunch, then that'll be an hour. Um, So what can essentially happen is a child can be in an hour of attention for something like being late in the morning. And then let's say after lunch, they forgot a piece of homework. And then they spoke when they weren't supposed to speak. That'll be three incidents leading to three checks and an hour after school. So it could easily be the most kind of low slash mid-level issue. The child can end up in an hour, and what often happens is um, the transition from primary school to secondary is always interesting one because parents, the child can get an hour attention with us, and the parents are like, "What have they done to get an hour attention? How can you give them an hour? What have they done?" They obviously assume it was something major, and we say, "No, no, no. They, I don't know. They were late. They didn't hand in the homework, and they spoke when they weren't supposed to speak, and now they're an hour." So that's how our system works, and that's for the low, mid-level things. That the, the grid has a maximum of um Five or six checks. If you if you fill up the grid for the day, it end up being referred to heads of year, and you are picked up by on call, and so on and so forth. um But the main the main thing is with the checks is that it stays with the child throughout the day, and you could have got your one your first check in period one. Maybe you get your second check in a later lesson, and you just fill up the grid, or hopefully you don't. But the child can just fill up the grid throughout the day, and it can lead to lunchtime detentions and after school detentions. Um, that's kind of it in the most simple way, and any kind of questions you have about it, please do people in the chat, if you want to ask about it, please do because this is something that I never had in my school, and I've not had anything like it before. Um, but what it does do is it centralizes everything, and no teacher held, holds her own detentions. all lunchtime detentions are central after all detentions are central. and I think the best thing about it that I like is that the the checks stay with the child, so you could you if you, if you talk, you're not supposed to period one you're gonna walk into period two knowing that you can't make that same mistake again. Otherwise you'll be in a lunch, for example. So that's kind of how it works. So Jake, I'm sure you have maybe some questions or queries or whatever else, let me know.
3: Yeah, so um, is it is it then down to the member of staff who sets like the second check or third check to set that detention or is there some kind of centralized system there that happens, how does that work? So,
2: yeah, so we have, we use BromCom. So BromCom's are kind of our MIS, that's our system. So on yeah. BromCom, you can you set the specific, there are different events and we call them lunch, lunch, catch up one, lunch, catch up two, post school, catch up one, post school, catch up two. So you just mm-hmm. use the planner because we use the planner. You'll see from the child how what they've had up to that point. So if they've had one check already or be written in the planner. So then if you're the teacher giving them the second check you say right that now puts you in a lunch one and then we log lunch one on the system and it automatically generates a detention list for lunchtime.
3: Okay okay. Yeah. And then is that is that a set member of staff that set um, kind of looks after the detentions is it SLT that do the detentions
2: or Yeah it's it's SLT. Um it's yeah. S- SLT do all detentions. Um no Not even head, like, yeah, all SOT do detentions. There's not even, uh, not even heads of year do detentions. Um, It's, we have a rota, but because our school is currently quite, our school is only in its third year. We've only got up to year nines. So we're still Mm -hmm. relatively, we're still relatively small. So we, at the moment, our lunchtime has, um, lunch, sorry let me just clarify, lunchtime's now got two members of staff, one SLT, one teacher just for additional support that's just because it, we got lunchtime detentions have grown in size a little bit so we needed another member of staff to be there but again that's on a rota system um, but most teachers don't get involved in detentions at all they obviously can come to detention, they're encouraged to come to detention, to to meet with the child it's not mandated but it's encouraged um, and heads of year coordinate that if there's ever been like an incident where it's clearly it could result in a kind of relationship breakdown um, then there's restorative but i guess the thing is with our system is because you can end because you can end up in a in a detention for relatively minor things often there there isn't a need for a restorative unless it was a more of a high level issue because you've got kids in detention for for talking in the corridor when they weren't supposed to or our school's got silent corridors so talking in the corridor when they weren't supposed to or <laughs> n- not having their homework or being late to school you don't need a restorative for those three incidents um, no. But yeah, that's that's kind of how it works.
3: And if there's a, kind of in one lesson there's a repeat a child that's repeatedly doing that same behaviour, so let's say talking over the member of staff or talking to the person next to them consistently in that lesson, so they do it two or three times in that lesson, is that multiple checks in that lesson or do they then get removed or what happens there?
2: Yeah, so it's essentially when, because I kind of, well, I, I was involved in the kind of design of this because I was one of the founding members of staff. So it was, we've essentially said to staff that you shouldn't really, like if you get to a point where you're giving a child a second check for the same behavior, um, mm-hmm. even with all, cause we encourage checks are a last resort. I should have clarified checks should be a last resort after you've done all the kind of non-verbals, anonymous, trying every, like trying to get the child to make the right choice, telling them what you want them to do, um, moving them, checks should be a last resort or like a really clear, if anyone now speaks while I'm talking, it will now. It will then be a check. So that's what you kind of hear from teachers, where they've yeah. given the reminders, they've said to the staff what they said to the kids what they expect, and then they're saying, right, past this point, guys, we have to go to checks now because I've done everything I can. That's reasonable. But past this point, it will be a check. So, in answer to your question, if they get, it's on average, about two or no, sorry, no more. They shouldn't really. No child gets more than two a lesson without being removed, because okay. there's no because because there's only like five or six you can even have in a day we've completely discouraged staff from giving like more than two checks in a lesson, unless it's for something like, Oh, they actually forgot their homework and they were talking, then you don't have to remove them yet because the two checks are for different things, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. But if, if it's for a behavior, then we have our, we have an on-call system where SLT will come and we'd remove the child. So then what would happen is depending on when they've been removed, they will stay in internal exclusion for a period of time so if they if it's for repeated disruption of a lesson to point where they're removed first period of the day then usually they stay they stay in internal exclusion up until the end of break time so they'll lose their break and then they'll return to lessons after break
3: okay
2: yeah so we, we I, do think, yeah, I think it's really interesting yeah uh
3: my, my last question would be is do you think it works I, don't, I mean, you might tell me it doesn't work, but it sounds like it's working. It sounds like you, you like the process. Do you think it works because you are a newer school? You've been able to kind of embed that routine from the get-go with the cohort you've got. I, I just find it difficult if you were to implement that into a new school where you've already got year 10, 11s that are all are used to a
2: different behaviour system. Just see what I mean. Yeah, no, definitely. We've, we're, we've done it from, the, it's built from the ground up. Definitely that, is, mm-hmm. that has helped. What also helps is that our school is very disciplined. We have a, we have yeah. a high, ex, we have very high. So for example, we have, we enforce silent transitions between lessons. So um, that means that we, we pretty much, well, we don't eliminate, but we completely, re, we reduce quite, we reduce quite significantly any issues in between lessons. They go, they, the majority of students will go straight from one class to the next without speaking to anyone. They just go straight in, line up, they start again. And we've got other routines around silent starts to lessons, silent finishes to lesson that all, exist to create the culture that we want and the environment that we want, which means we don't deal with many, many high profile incidents at all in lessons. Yeah, They, they don't, they just don't happen. You end up, not, they don't happen at all, but you have the a very, very, very select minority of students who do cause issues in lessons, but there we're talking in a year group. I could count them on one hand, the number wow. of kids that, <laughs> that, but that cause issues to the point where they're regularly on call. If that makes sense, like we're on yeah. in year eight, I can think of. I'd say yeah. On one hand, I think maximum five kids who okay. would that would be likely be on call in that year group, and the rest just just do the right thing. And it, it is definitely a culture thing. It's definitely a we've definitely embedded that culture in school, and it's getting more and more. The more the kids grow up in age and everything else, we need the buy-in from them because otherwise, it could they could easily it could easily unravel if they got to year ten, year eleven, and decided to become. Like if the if the, if a big group of them decided to be a, to push 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 the boundary, mm-hmm. then yeah, that would that would present um, that would present an issue. But at the moment, we have the majority of kids that are buying into what we're trying to do because we explain everything. We say why we do everything. We don't have a rule for for no reason. Every rule or or routine or or um, yeah, rule or routine is rational. No, it's rationalized. Let me call it that. Mm-hmm. We explain why we do it. And I've just realized there was a lot of comments in the chat that I've not get to. So let me just quickly go back before we take a break for the ads. Um, So, yeah, so TSCW earlier said whole school is twice a week. Teachers do corrections when they want to break lunch after school, but they're encouraged to be conversations more than punitive sat in a room type things. And whole school is sat in a computer room doing online learning. Interesting. Um, Dan said ours is a centralized system which works for a small school and helps with consistency. We use after school detentions in a central space. The downside is that it can take control away from staff and disempowers them without realizing the positives is that it allows teachers to focus on the teaching. Um, TSCW said again, when we did whole school only, it was every night and it got out of hand. Hybrid works a little better, but we're still on a behavior journey. And then TSCW said, second, what Dan said, the centralized system broke down relationships in many classrooms as we weren't ready for it. And it, does t- it does, I get that what they're saying, because it does take, when you say, oh, now you're in an hour and, and see you later, that kind of, because I get why you can have a breakdown relationship there if the teacher's like, oh, there's your out of tension, I won't even see you for it, and off you go. Um, that can break it down. I think where you have, you were talking about the restorative stuff, If that can, if that goes hand in hand with the, with the sanctions, that's that's my ideal. I think, absolutely, um, yeah. Because I, I, like I think
3: it, I think if there's that constant, you're in an hour detention, and, and that's once twice a week from a, the same member of staff, that's going to damage the relationship completely. So
2: yeah, absolutely agree. No, definitely. Dan came back and said um it's a hard one. I think it's got to suit the school and its an improving journey. Definitely, my I would never. I would when I, in my kind of I'm doing senior leadership training and all this kind of stuff like. You don't even though it's working just because it works in our school doesn't mean it's gonna work. You can't just like you were saying, Jake, our system is so different that you can't just pick it up and plonk it into a into a different school and think it's gonna work because it's it's the own, it's on the surface. There's a lot underneath our behaviour system in, in terms of like the culture that we've established from the from the from the moment the school came to fruition has helped mm-hmm. this be sustainable. Um, and then Miss Kato Stem, just the last one before the ads, is said she oh she asked how the check systems work in terms of ensuring the child goes to the catch up or after school detention. Is it just based on the integrity or is it logged somewhere? Yeah, so we have, I did answer that. So we've got the list and then heads of year. We have we do go and collect We do go and collect them at kind of lunch times if they haven't turned up because we use our radios and collect people. But most kids have the integrity and do turn up because they expect to be collected if they miss it. Because, (laughs) again, because they've just realized that if they try to miss it and they get collected, the sanction just gets worse. So most kids just kind of take their half lunch or take their full lunch and go about their business. Um, But, yeah, right, what we're going to do, because we're in the middle of the show, we're going to take a break for the ads which will be about seven or eight minutes it's more than enough time to have some a little snack a little drink and on the other side of the ads we'll continue the conversation i found an article on another what another school does we can get into that and see what we think about it as well so jake and i will be back in about eight or so minutes
1: aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetheslacgroup.co.uk to find out more.
0: Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the program for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk.
1: Introducing Bulb.
0: the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs.
1: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
4: The Scottish Conservatives have called for Curriculum for Excellence to be axed. Oliver Mundell Scottish Tory education spokesman said Scotland's education system used to rank among the best in the world before the SNP came to power. We should return to the strong traditional teacher led approach that gave so many of us who went to our local school a decent start in life. Quality knowledge rich universal education is at the heart of being Scottish. We pride ourselves on being a nation of innovators, entrepreneurs and thinkers. We are at risk of losing all that if we keep sticking to the same distinctly unScottish approach that has seen our schools plummet down international league tables. A report in December found one in four primary school pupils to reach expected standards in reading and numeracy. In tanzania extensive collaboration between the ministry of education science and technology and local government has resulted in an education sector plan esp for the first time in tanzania the plan provides an overarching framework within which the plans and budgets of all implementing agencies must be set and aligned to the new ASP highlights two key policy initiatives. Firstly, Tanzania's commitment to providing 12 years of free and compulsory basic education to the entire population, leaving no one behind, and the progressive expansion of technical and vocational education and training to provide Tanzania with the pool of skilled human resources needed to advance to becoming a semi-industrialized, middle-income country by 2025. Since the Government of Tanzania started implementing a fee-free basic education policy in 2016, enrolment has increased in basic education and the number of -of out-of-school children has decreased. The education plan recognises that increasing school access while simultaneously improving learning outcomes will present a major challenge for the country this has been your latest teachers talk radio news with gail glenn
1: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods,
5: your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to look at fake news and scammers. We all know what a scammer is, but do we really know what fake news is? The NSPCC website explains fake news in an easy-to-understand way if you want to look a little deeper. However, basically it's disinformation as opposed to misinformation. Misinformation is shared without knowledge or intent to harm. Disinformation is shared intentionally. Fake news is nothing new, but for most it's seen as a propaganda or a political tools to influence opinion. However, it's becoming more popular with scammers. I decided to see what happens when you actually follow a fake news advert. I've noticed recently popular social media apps and search engine adverts encouraging investment in cryptocurrency. One ad caught my eye as I was looking at the news headlines on a popular browser. It read, Elon Musk invests 12 million in a new trading platform. I trusted the search engine, so I clicked on the link. Because let's face it, anything Elon invests in is worth looking at. I was taken to a website showing how the company Bitcoin Motion had created an investment robot that invests when Bitcoin climbs and sells when Bitcoin falls. Because Bitcoin is a massively volatile currency, you can earn a large profit in a very short time. It sounds almost too good to be true. On the site, there's a report where Elon himself tells a popular American news presenter to invest $250 and within eight minutes, she's made a profit of $100. Scrolling down, there were testimonials from Dragon's Den, Money Supermarket, and other well-known established names. Next, a button to fill in a simple web form to sign up. I spent some time researching Bitcoin Motion. It was clearly fake. All endorsers had published statements saying they were nothing to do with it. So, I signed up. Within 30 seconds, I had a phone call from another company called PhenoFX. Strangely though, there was a distinctive call transfer noise, a silence before the connection. Why, if they phoned me? Hello? Hello?
4: Hi, hey, today, am I speaking to Mr. Steve? Steve what?
5: That's me. Steve, you're speaking to... Calling from uh, How are doing this morning, sir? And I was called Mr. Steve. I should have hung up. Anyway, I was then time pressured so I didn't miss out to give the big long number across my credit card, which I didn't do. So, I was sent a WhatsApp message with a secure payment link. Again, I was pushed to open it on my cell phone and pay. I made my excuses and ended the call. A further five messages and calls, some from London, some from Sheffield, came, never leaving a message. The WhatsApp saying, I see you've not made your transaction. I'm calling to assist you. The recording I have is my final call with the supposed investment Company. On the 20th of March at 8pm on Tom Rogers' show, we're going to listen to this and discuss the topic. Why not join us? I'm going to leave you with a final thought. I was told to look at the website and see there was a padlock showing it was safe. The padlock and certificate is proof your connection is encrypted. It's not proof of how trustworthy the person on the other end is. Anyone can buy an SSL certificate. Please be careful. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech.
1: Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your Tech Briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from London, this is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio.
2: Good afternoon, we are back and it's 2.02 on Sunday the 20th of March and you're still listening to Teachers Talk Radio and it's a Sunday lunch show. I nearly forgot the name of my own show. This is Pastoral CPD Clinic number 8 and we're talking about behaviour systems, what schools are doing, what works, what doesn't work, what's effective, what's ineffective. I'm joined by Jake, it's about half an hour to go and let's see how
1: this show is going to end. Um, That was a very poor intro. (laughs) Live from London. This is the Sunday Lunch with Khalil Rouse on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio. And that is why I don't usually do a full intro after news
2: that I'm not prepared for. That is why, because I completely didn't know what I was going to say. Um, normally I just do a quick transition music or something. Um, but either way, we're back. So if you just joined, where have you been? We've had an hour already, we only got about 30 minutes to go left of the show. Um, we've been talking about behavior systems. I've got Jake in the studio who's currently, I think he's currently muted. I hope he's still here. Well, who knows? Hopefully he's still here. I'm still here. Oh, there he is. <laughs> we've, been, we've, been talking, we've been talking about behavior systems. Um, and I think one thing I want to talk about now with all these behavior systems is how, so reasonable adjustments. Let's talk about reasonable adjustments because we know, especially in our roles as, as pastoral, so I'm a, I used to be ahead head of year, but now I'm just, a, I'm a DSL, um, but I'm still heavily involved in the pastoral. We know that zero tolerance or kind of the more uh, rigid or strict systems that are like two warnings and you're out, those kind of systems Aren't always suitable for children who have more acute needs, or any kind of behavior, like diagnosed behavioral issues, or just more high-level behavioral issues, from maybe um, social, emotional, mental health reasons, or um, being a child of trauma, for example. All those children require a an adjustment. So, in yours, in your school, Jake, what 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 do, what is the reason adjustment that's made for a child who you know behaves in a certain way um, because of? Uh, I, don't, I was about to, you know, I was about to use afraid unmet needs just to, just, just because I wanted to be funny, but just um, <laughs> it behaves in a way because of larger reasons, whether it's home, whether it's being a child of trauma, whether it's, they've got um, an SEND need, or I don't know, what's the adjustment made in your system for those students? Yeah,
3: so we have quite a nice process, actually, where um, normally the head of year and the SENCO would meet or the safeguarding lead, and we have a plan called the Champions Plan. And... That is largely created for students with um, complex SEND needs or, um, like you mentioned before, previous safeguarding or trauma-based um, um, history in their lives. And what the Champions Plan is, it's a, it's kind of a best practice A4 one page on that student. What works for that child, what doesn't work for that child and what sanctions should kind of look like for that child. So um, we recently had a student join within the HCP and there were lots of... Um, concerns around how we kind of manage that in school and I feel like we're at a stage now where it's working quite well so um, he does sit sanctions but we kind of centralize that in the pastoral team with myself and the Senko and we kind of decide uh, over the course of a week what what his behavior has been and and how we're kind of going to kind of deal with that but I, f- I feel like that that choice stage of our behavior process is where the teachers can really make the most impact with those students that need those kind of those reasonable adjustments for sure
2: yeah no i'm glad to hear it I'm, I'm sure i'm hoping all schools take this into account but you just you hear some stories about people complaining that um certain zero tolerance rules aren't are applied to every kid when we know that some children they just they're not they require more support with their behavior they just require for whatever reason um so with my school so the reason the reason, our adjustment again is made kind of so there are children who who have more behavioral needs it will just what often happens is at the lowest level it means that it just takes longer for the child to get a check mm-hmm. so so i know i teach a, i teach a few students who definitely have some some behavior where they find it more difficult to to stay quiet for example then they're, they're out of their seat a bit more maybe they stand up or they like they're a bit more they 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 require more support with their behavior and their self-regulation. So what might happen is I might send them outside and talk to them there. Um, I might give them numerous reminders, whether it's individual, anonymized, or whatever else. And and then only after maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to put a number on it, but let's say, well, I'm not going to say there's a strict number to it, but let's say I speak to this child. I can use an example of a child who um, kept rocking back on his chair. Yeah, like at the back of the room, just swinging on his chair. Not, they're not very safe at all. Um, when I was talking at the front of the room. So I gave him like a, a reminder to him and then I got to point where I, I told him you need to stay. And I said to me you, you need to keep the legs of your chair, keep the legs of your chair on the floor. And he kind of did it for a little bit. Then he rocked back again. And, I, and it got to a point where I was like, listen, past this point, if you rock back again on your chair, then it will now be a check for other students that who don't have the same complex needs, I could have given a check the second time. I would have told you to stop rocking in your chair and if you rocked on your chair again, now that's a check. But for this student, I deliberately gave him numerous reminders and allowed to, I spoke to him outside and whatever else before we got to the check stage, because that's the, that's what we're encouraged to do by our SENCO and our heads of year and everything else when it comes mm-hmm. to making adjustments. It's essentially an added, more layers of of reminders, more layers of, I'm actually going to, if they're supposed to walk in silence in the corridors, for some students, that is very difficult. So we're just going to walk very near to that child that we know struggles to walk in silence <laughs> in the corridor. Those kind of things are what we try to do to support those who need it, who need more support because not every child, um, well, but children just don't behave in the same way. Some rec- Just like in learning, some require more support with their learning, which means some require more support with, their, with meeting our expectations of, of behavior as well. Um, so yeah, it's good to hear that you've got the same adjustments. And I guess I get what you mean around that choice stage. That's where the teacher uses their professional opinion um, or the professional judgment to say, right, what does this child need at this stage? Do they need the stern word? Do they need a a restorative, like a little chat outside? Do they need like a pep talk? What do they need? Let me make sure I do that before we start going to the removals and everything else, um, which is nice. Okay, so I did a little bit of research. I was looking for it. Normally on my shows, I like to get get an article um, that's relevant. And I found one that was from, this is from about 2016. And it's again from my favourite website. My favourite website is called Sec Ed. I don't know if you know Sec Ed. Do you know Sec Ed, Jake? I do, yeah. Lots of, always shared on Twitter quite a lot, actually, isn't yeah, it? To yeah. This thing. yeah, yeah. It's good. Like, honestly, it's the best, the best one I've come across in terms of, you have current affairs, but also it's got a, it's got an, um, a page called best practice and it has a section specifically about pastoral and then lots of professionals write their own kind of articles or well, not even blogs there are articles about different pastoral issues whether it's currently they've also got a safeguarding section so when i saw that i was like oh my god i was like that's the kind best of. thing ever so they have like a safeguarding section where it talks about the most contemporary safeguarding issues or it talks well everything so it's a real i recommend it to anyone that does work in the in the profession sec sec dash ed .co.uk. So they've got, it was an article written by someone in 2016, and it were, they were talking about a simple whole school behavior system that apparently had a transformative approach on their school. Um, they called it Ready to Learn, and it's a i I'm reading the article here, and they said it's a binary system for behavior management. Students are either ready to learn or they are not. And I was like, ah, interesting. Um, and then it goes on, and the way it works is... Um, if students I'm reading the article here if students aren't focused in lessons they receive a warning with their name written on the board pause there do you guys still write names on boards
3: I didn't like that bit
2: I, dude, I don't like I, I do I've always despised names written on boards for negative reasons I've, mm. I've never I remember, I remember I don't know what you guys are liking what you guys think in the chat but I don't like them I remember I remember I used to, when I first started teaching and the system in the school had things like yep name on a board and it ended up like half the board was taken up with names and it just looked <laughs> it, just, it just looked ridiculous like I was just going back and forth to the board being like oh now you're on it and it end up being a game um, i just got the impression that the kids found it funny to just get another like Ooh, who's got on the board now like it just turned yeah. the whole thing into a bit of a gimmick that didn't have didn't have the, um, the desired impact. Kids don't, some kids might see their name on the board and realize now it's time to, to sort myself out. Other kids, they see it as a stamp of approval, um, a mm-hmm. bit of clout. Oh, my name's on the board. Yeah. Look at me. Um, and TSCW says just positives agreed. I, if I do write names on the board, which I do, it is for when I give out like merits or stuff like that, um, which are our positives. Do you, do you know, Jake, do you write any names on boards in your school? Is it not, a, is it not the done thing?
3: Yeah, de- definitely positives, I agree. Um I think if we're given out we we have the Hatton Awards that um we give out. So yeah, absolutely we'd write those names on the board. But negatives, personally I wouldn't, but it's not kind of a a policy that you can't. So I think some right. some teachers may do.
2: Okay. If you're if you're listening and you're just like teaching and your school has and the school's allowing you to write names on the board, please don't do it for negatives. Just don't like trust me. It doesn't it doesn't it, it's not the most effective way. Um you want you want to celebrate the people doing it right, and that's often the best way that's one of the when you celebrate positives rather than always kind of pointing out the negatives, you've got a much more you've got a better chance of having a kind of a sustainable positive culture in the classroom rather than spending your time highlighting people getting it wrong, spend your time highlighting the people doing it correctly, and it will start to make those getting it wrong to maybe want to get some more recognition for doing the right thing um mm-hmm. so yeah, either way, so that's what they so they said so this ready to learn thing they said. Um, where's it gone now? Yeah, so I've lost it in the article. Here we go. Yeah, if they're not focusing in lessons, they get a warning with their name written on the board. Students automatically receive a warning for talking over the teacher or another student or for being off task. Interesting. Um, the automatically bit is of, so we're talking, if you do it once, that's your warning. So I imagine this, this must have been communicated very clearly to all kids beforehand. So literally, if they talk over a teacher or talk over another student or they're off task, they get their name written on the board. Then it says, students who receive a second warning in a single lesson are then sent to the isolation room for a full school day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So that's five full lessons, including an hour's detention after school. Wowzers. Wow, wow. So so basically, if two times in a lesson, if you talk over a teacher, twice in a lesson, you're removed from lessons for the whole day and you get an hour after school. Thoughts on that one, Jake?
3: I think, I think it's... <laughs> I mean, I've, I've read I've read further down into the challenges and I was kind of expecting to see that there was kind of big parental backlash or that there was kind of a damage to relationships but they seem to say that that didn't really happen, that they were mm. worried about it but the relationship weren't really good but it, I, I just struggled to see how a child can be in a lesson talk twice and then miss a whole day of lessons because of that it, yeah for me, that it just seems bizarre really I don't, I don't see that as a effective and child-centered policy i see it as let's get rid of the child and get them in the room where they're not going to cause disruption and although you might the, the sanction might work to scare scare students i don't know if that's mm. a culture you necessarily want in a school where where they're they're scared to kind of self-express or talk about things and lesson. I get
2: you have to have sanctions and rules but I just feel like that is maybe a little bit too far it did it is when well, it struck me yeah they, they in the article they called it a massive deterrent and I can imagine and it even said they mm. had high num they had high numbers at first but then what well, it worked eventually and my school yeah. did not not my current school my previous school did something where they did fairly similar where kids were just there were kids just being removed left right and center and it for, they had like a it was like a traffic light system where they had green warning yellow warning red warning and if you got up to a red stage, you were out for the whole day but what it end what ended up happening was all the all all the kids all the kids who got the reds were then taken to the same hall and they were in there the whole they were, but they were they were they were in the hall together like with like the like whoever had the duty for that for that for that room for that period, it was the worst. Yeah, you can, uh, you can you can picture all the kids. That, and the thing was, it also became a bit of a like, ah, oh, my mate's in there now, so let me go and I'll just I, I've got more chance of Because i I'm not going to see them for the whole day, so let me just if I get my second warning, I'm going to go chill with them. I don't have to. I don't have to be in essence. Yeah, um, and I feel like not every kid thinks like that, but some kids do. Some kids do literally think, do you know what? I, I can't bother to be in lessons today. I'm, I don't feel up to it. or I, don't, I just can't be bothered. So I know I can do two things and then spend a day in, in the isolation yeah, absolutely. room. Um, but yeah, so my school got it. My, my previous school got it wrong. The room wasn't set up in the right way to have those types of that, those students in the same place. It was like very, it, you would expect it to be like booths with like walls yeah. either side. So you can't see anyone. It was just open. So there was, it was like they were sat in a canteen. Like, it was just, it just didn't work. You can, everyone was visible to everyone. You could turn around and just have a look. Like, you obviously have to be in silence, but one, two members of staff in a room with 30, 40, 50 kids who have caused issues in the day? Nah, mm. it didn't. They they realised the error of their ways quite early and they changed it. And, it's, right.
3: and then it's, it's just not a punishment, is it? If they go into a room with all their mates, it's not a punishment. They go in to sit and have a laugh and see how they can
2: discreetly wind up the teacher in that room. It's not going to work. And it was the funniest funniest bit was, I say it's funny, it's funny when you're looking back. It was like, whenever someone someone walked into the room, (laughs) it was like a kind of, it was like a wee kind of atmosphere, (laughs) where it's like, oh, and another, like, it was a whole game. It was like, oh, another one's in kind of thing. And it just, it just, it just didn't work. It didn't work at all. Um, All it did do was it got kids out of lessons, which then maybe did benefit the learning of the... I'd say, yeah, the majority, because the, the disruptive kids weren't in lessons, but the disruptive kids then just didn't learn much because they spent most of their days um, most of the days in this room because they just mm. kept getting it wrong at the start of the day and were out for the rest of the day. And I just think that's... It does seem harsh to me if you're... If what you're being removed... If you're being removed for an entire day for something that's... I don't know, just, it does it does seem like you... I get what you mean by not being very child-centred. I feel like we're not setting them up to be successful at all um, or to they've got to make amends the next day after missing Mm. the lesson. So now they're behind. So it's more difficult. Um, Yeah, you kind of
3: hope, I suppose, at the same time, like when you read this article, it obviously doesn't give every single piece of information, but you'd hope that they take into account like... The, those reasonable adjustments we discussed earlier and kind of think about who that child is has their morning potentially been disruptive has has, has there been some kind of negative experience in their morning that, that has maybe caused that so you'd hope that there was there was some kind of differentiation of that behavior system but
2: mm. um, and it'd also also
3: be interesting to know what their their kind of internal exclusion looks like and how they manage that and what the students did and mm.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. The article doesn't really, I'm going to keep reading on, it doesn't really say much about reasonable adjustments, but when it's just two warnings and you're, and you're gone, you would, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about it, but you'd hope. Mm. It says, yeah, it said, it admit they had high numbers at the beginning. And then they, it, yeah, it became a massive deterrent. Students had to make their own way to the isolation room and are responsible for their behavior once they're there. Three warnings in the isolation room resulted in a day's exclusion. Um, and this, yeah. So that means, but yeah. So then said, "Aren't oh, you off the isolation room? Kids had to make their own way to the isolation room. Interesting. Yeah. One, wonder how that started out at the yeah. beginning. But you just got to, you got to, yeah, indeed. You just got to believe in that. Though with that kind of system, you have to. Oh, well, wow, everyone's got to be singing off the same hymn sheet for that to for that to work. Yeah. It then said the impact of it was corridors became quiet, lessons became calm and disruption free um relationships improved and teachers became more relaxed because they were confident that they could deliver a lesson without any any interruptions and then behavior incidents fell um and apparently the most disruptive students liked it because the system was simple and clear um yeah and then said staff staff were staff people in the chat would you like this system let me know um, this sound If it worked, would you like it? Well, that's a silly question. <laughs> if, if it worked, you would like it. because. Um, but does it sound like something that you would want to be a part of? Two warnings and now the child's out for the whole day. Do you agree with that in principle or do you think it's too far? Let me know what you think in the chat. Um, it says staff love the system. No longer are one or two students able to slow the pace of learning. Um, no longer to teach, have to make phone calls every night about behavior. Um, and if we look at the challenges bit... Yeah, let's go to the challenges bit. It says, it had plenty of challenges. And it said, like most schools, we have a number of very vulnerable students. Oh, here we go, hold on. And we needed mm-hmm. to ensure that we had the right structures in place to help them adjust. So one way they've done this is through something called the Thrive Programme, which helps students with their social-emotional needs. Um, and it doesn't say what the Thrive Programme is, which is annoying, um, <laughs> Yeah, just said we have the Thrive Programme, which helps students that have significant social and emotional needs, but it doesn't say what it does. Um, and then parents apparently were happy with it, supportive. And yeah, and they said that they didn't want it to undermine the culture of warmth and positive relationships, and apparently it didn't happen. So it, it worked for this school. It sounds like it worked for this school, but I, but we, <laughs> have you seen the people said in the chat? TSCW, yeah. <laughs> TSC, t, 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 TSCW said we'd have no kids in class. Um, at, that's the thing. At first, I can only imagine for it to work at the beginning, you'd have to you would have to make. If you're saying two warnings and you're gone, you would have to, you couldn't get to a point where because you've already lost three, four, five that you now stop doing the two warnings and you're gone at the beginning because the kids mm-hmm. will test that. The kids would test that at the beginning. They'll be like, surely not. Um, so I can imagine, like TSCW says, she's we have no she have we have no kids in class, and I can imagine it'll be the same in most schools at the at the beginning, because two two times talking over a teacher, and then the next then one's gone, the next one does it, they've got to go as well, they've got to go as well. Obviously, you have the deterrent, but wowzers. And then Dan said Dan said it wouldn't work, the logistics would be crazy, it would also have to be the only focus of the school. Yeah, I get you on that one. It's one of those things that when you implement something new everyone needs everyone involved in it will need the time to be able to understand and practice. And when it's this monumental a change, because speaking from like a senior leadership perspective, when you're doing something monumental like this, that's going to affect every single member of staff to be operating completely differently. Sorry, to operate differently to how they've been, you need to dedicate a whole bunch of time to making sure everyone's going to apply this in the same way. Um, like, because you can have staff who the kid may talk over and a teacher might do the kind of tactical ignoring or give them a glare rather than making it a formal warning. Is that fine? Is that not fine? All those things would have to be ironed out and codified, I'd imagine, to make this work. Otherwise, it'll be, it'll be unfair and inconsistent if you have some teacher, if the kid does the same thing in one lesson and gets a warning, but then does something else, does the exact same thing in another lesson and doesn't get the warning. So I can imagine that's, yeah. that would have been something that I hope the senior leadership team considered when they were going through their plans. Who knows? Who, I guess know. that's
3: that's almost what the staff loved about If They say that the staff really liked the, the process and some of the kids really like it as well. And I suppose it is that consistency that they like so much that there is actually a process. But if, like, I think, like you've been saying, it needs to be planned. I'd be interested to know how they kind of launched it. Like, how did they tell that, those kids on that first day that this is now what's happening? And how many on those first two, three weeks that they have in, in the internal exclusion? And yeah, it'd just be interesting there's some more figures on it. I think it'd just be, yeah. It seems bizarre but yeah interesting
2: yeah it's they said um, apparently they've been they've been inundated with requests from schools wanting to see what they've done again that's that's the thing it's so Dan said it wouldn't work in his school just because it works in one place doesn't mean it's going to work everywhere Um, I don't know it's difficult this this is a this is a this is a big one two two warnings and you're gone for the day is a that's that's hard hitting but it sounded like it worked so full credit to school I don't know what school it even was um, oh, no, no, Henbury. This school is Henbury. It's in uh, Bristol, I think. Yeah. It'd be I
3: think it's a... no, I think, Did you say this was from 2016, the article? It'd be, it'd be it is, good yeah. to know what, what they're doing now. Are they still doing the same things?
2: it still work
3: or is it, has it changed?
2: Indeed. Um. Yeah. What's this? Someone. I've just seen something. Hold on. There's a little image on the right-hand side where someone's... Hold on, let me see. If, if someone put a comment in the article. Let me see if I can actually read these comments. Oh, wow. There's lots of comments on the article. Let's have oh, a wow. Look. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise there's so many articles. So then we've said, someone's commented and saying, um, I personally don't think the system is working. We have now... Oh, my... Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this week. So, so this comment was from 2018. And they said, this person said, I personally don't think this system is working. Their school have now excluded 20 students this week alone. And most of them have been excluded for silly things. For example, not understanding the work that is provided mm. and then looking around when finished work. Um, furthermore, the work that is provided isn't work from their teachers. It's a little sheet that's not for the RYC. Oh, it's a little sheet that's not for their age. That's why they struggle. Um, they say, I don't think the system's working all the time. And the timeout rule is much better. Um, so that's, that's the thing. So when you remove kids from the lessons for the entire day, is really important to think about the work they're actually going to do when they're removed. And that's yeah. something that we, we grapple with that in my school at the moment, because you don't, in an ideal world, you want to remove them without setting them behind. Because if you set yeah. them, if you make them behind, then you send them back in at a disadvantage and you're just likely to have behavioral issues when you just don't understand what the hell's going on because they missed last session. So I don't, I don't know if any school has managed to nail that, being able to remove, remove the kids, but also make, enable them to still learn what they, what we've done in our school, is we have, um, because they, they're often in the same class for different lessons, we're able to nominate one person from that class who would bring their exercise book to the isolation room if a kid's been removed and the removed child, all they're doing is copying, but is it better than not having anything in their book at all? They end up like copying what they've missed from that lesson um, yeah. into their own exercise book. And that's worked fairly well. It, like I said, it doesn't mean that they learned anything, but at least it means that they may have some resources for us to look back on and whatever else, rather than being removed and having no idea what happened in the lesson at all. Who knows? What do you do yeah, when, we... someone's, when someone's removed? What happens with the work?
3: Yeah, in our internal exclusion, they have um, we have laptops that have everything blocked on them, apart from the remote learning link on our school website. So because of COVID... hate to mention it but it hasn't been mentioned yet so we've got to say about it at some point um (laughs) because of covid we as teachers developed each department developed like a remote learning document that follows a scheme of work that has kind of links to various different resources that's going on in the lesson and then they they can do that work and access that work on the laptops in in the um, internal exclusion they can write it on then onto paper or type it into notes and then print it off and take it to the to the lesson so that that works quite well but um I, I always think, though, when, when a student has reached that point where they're being removed and being placed in isolation, because it's not just what this school do when it's two, two times talking or something like that and go to isolation, I feel like their mindset is in a very different place and we have to work a lot with them before they're in a position where they're going to just get on with work. I don't think it's yeah. an automatic automatic thing.
2: Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, TSCW said, oh yeah, she, uh, she said that they also, this is the, the Henbury School, they also said they had parental support. Yeah, there was a group, there was a bit on that, and Jake mentioned it as well, that they said they did parental information sessions and invited parents. They spoke to them through emails, letters, texts, um, and the parents ended up being supportive because they saw the change that it was making. Um, even when their child might have taken some time to adjust to it, they were on side, which is good. Um, and Dan's done some research. <laughs> oh, amazing! Research and he said, he said, he said they still have it—a um, binary system. You're either ready to learn or you're not. He just checked, and they have a—they call it a supervised learning room rather than isolation. So wh- wh- I don't know what that means, Dan. If you're going nice. to do some more research, you've got you've got two minutes, mate. You can tell <laughs> me what you tell me what, what that what that means. That'll be interesting. Let's not get any, any other comments. Um, So it said. Someone else in 2018 said, "This is a great system when used correctly by staff." My son's school has recently started Ready to Learn, and oh, interesting! And teachers are abusing their power—that the power that they now have. My son was sent to Ready to Learn for not understanding the work set. He was refused appeal and eventually excluded for asking to speak to his pastoral leader. The work set and ready to learn is not the class they have missed, so students are falling behind. Vulnerable students are suffering because of the misuse of the system. Children are being punished for normal teenage behavior. This is wrong, says a very irate parent with four exclamation marks. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, you'd, you would hope that teachers would use the system f- like fairly, but I mm. there are, listen, teachers are also human. If someone has Oh, I don't know, like they're saying teachers are abusing it because the kid didn't get the work, so then they're messing about. So then they get sent out because they're messing about when really the, well, apparently the, the underlying cause, they just didn't get what was going on with the work. You would hope that a teacher with experience would first check whether the child knows what they're supposed to be doing before you start um, issuing out their warning and warning for talking. If the if it's independent work or whatever else, being like, oh, if they're talking during independent work, my first port of call is always, right, Do you know what you're doing? Explain the task to me. If you don't know what you're doing, let me explain it to you. If you do know what you're doing, then there's no excuse from this moment on. And that's kind of the way I operate when it comes to when they're doing independent work. But who knows? Listen, who knows? Go on, Jake. I suppose um, from that the comment that you read out previously, you
3: said that it was a school that had just started this. So is it is it a case that that school has just kind of copied and pasted it into their setting without thinking about the intricacies of their setting and not kind yeah. of tailored it to it and just thought that's a great thing. Let's take their behaviour policy and let's just blanket it over our school and do it here. So I guess yeah. it's the case of making sure it fits what, what your school already had in place and making sure that support and reasonable adjustments is still there as well.
2: Yeah, and there's, just to finish off, I think I've got a comment from, I think it's actually a kid that wrote this one in 2018. Oh. Um, he says, um, if I read it verbatim, it wouldn't make sense because he says, I am wiring to tell you, but I think he meant writing. <laughs> I, am write- <laughs> I am writing to tell you that practically this has not worked in our school and frankly just made kids more angry and stressed at the school, which is natural because of the change, but it should not make kids feel like that. I also think it's making teachers think less of students than ever before While I was in the ready to learn, I noticed the teachers lying to other teachers to make students get in more trouble. Interesting. My brother didn't have a tie today because it was stolen from PE. So he was extremely worried and upset he would get sent to the base. Um, Leading me on to the pointless reasons why children get sent. And I know most kids wouldn't take responsibility for their actions, but it's still pathetic why people get sent. Personally, I got my first warning for just smiling at the teacher. And then my sending was because I said to my friend to tuck his shirt in. In conclusion... In conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, I can see how stuck-up teachers would think this works for them, and it may have, but it's also bad for the students who get sent because we get treated with less respect, and we also do not learn in here as they just print us off bits of crappy work which they think is suitable. This is not the right thing to do, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation, wow. exclamation mark, exclamation mark. He is not happy. I think Dude, it speaks not. volumes, though, that a student has had to go onto an education <laughs> website,
3: to make a comment about this. Like, it must—it must have impacted that student a lot to have to do that.
2: Massively, massively, massively. massively. Right. We've. What I've realised is we got. Quite, I could talk about this all day, but we're, there's another show coming up after mine. so I've actually got to. I've got to get off the airwaves. Um, all I'm got is. There's a couple more comments just to finish off. Um, TSCW said some staff wouldn't check, especially if they're struggling. And then TSCW said, bless him. I wonder if he ever wrote that much in his lesson. If he did, he <laughs> might, he, may, he needs more punctuation. That's what I'm going to say. He's missing a whole bunch of capitals and punctuation, but bless him indeed. Jake, listen, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Absolutely. Um, Thank you. No worries at all. Thank you for agreeing to come on. Hopefully, this, will be, this won't be the last time you're in our, in my pastoral CPD clinic. Who knows what I'm going to be talking about next time. You've inspired two of my shows so far. Um, <laughs> No, literally, yeah. The One of the tweets around, one was around attention. The other one I think you did was around that punct. It was it you that did punctuality?
3: Yeah, yeah. We did punctuality between lessons,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that inspired one of the pastoral CPD clinics as well in the past. So thank you for, for being some inspiration for me. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. We're going to wrap it up there. And hopefully we'll be I'm back on next week, I believe, with another guest and another show. But thank you to everyone that's been in the chat. And then on that listening live, went on that listen back. And we'll see you
1: next week.